Welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabel Graham. Today I'm in dialogue with Jo Manton, who founded her company JMA Leadership back in 2012. Jo is a coach, facilitator and consultant who enables clients to identify and engage with their challenges in a real and tangible way. She works with them to explore, acquire, practice and master the embodied skills and behaviours that allow them to be more effective in their lives at work. She worked in the corporate world for 25 years in a variety of roles, leading change projects and teams both here in the UK and in Europe, before completing a postgraduate certificate in coaching in 2012 with the iCoach Academy in London. It's here that she came into contact with the concept of somatic coaching, and this experience led her to train to become a qualified somatic coach practitioner at the Strozzi Institute in California, a leading institution in the field of somatics. Working from a somatic lens, Jo's focus is on helping clients pay more attention to their felt presence and true experiences, sometimes using body work to help clients become more somatically aware so that they can learn and incorporate new embodied practices into how they go about leading themselves, their teams and their businesses. And this is something that we're going to explore with her today. Jo, welcome to The Being Leader. Hi, Annabelle. So, so the premise of this podcast is to help leaders and individuals become much more in tune with themselves, you know, become more self-aware and notice their way of being and the impact that this has on them, their own lives, but also the relationships that they have, whether that be personal, professional or business relationships. And it strikes me that somatics really brings this into play. Now, I'm conscious that um, we're going to have a variety of different people listening to this. Not everyone's going to know what somatics is. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of what it is and how you describe it? So the term somatics derives from the Greek word somatikos, which signifies the living pertaining to the body. Somatic coaching posits that a person's way of being in the world, that is, who they are, is the ground of the coaching. Transformation occurs when the being of the person is addressed. By working through the body, a leader can engage with their fundamental life energy, what animates and shapes who they are. They can contact their energy and allow it to inform their actions, their relationships, their moods and their way of being in the world. So what drew you to that in the first place? Why, why, did the, why was this interesting for you? So what drew me to somatics was my personal experience of it. I'd come across many different coaching approaches, different coaching psychologies on my journey towards becoming an executive coach. And I found that this was, and still is in my opinion, the best, in fact, I'd probably say the only, and I know that's a really highly contentious thing to state, but the approach that I've seen, that I've actually witnessed, that I think actually leads to sustained and lasting personal change. So how do you find that um, useful when you're working with leaders to get them to tap into that that being sense? So when I'm coaching someone, I observe how they've been shaped by his or her experience and how this shaping impacts his or her leadership and management capabilities. Then we work together on exercises to embody new skills, new behaviours and moods. These practices produce a leadership presence increased focus and intent, better conversations for action, uh, better deep listening, self-awareness and effective coordination to get things done in the workplace. Okay, so I'm conscious you and I have talked about that sites of shaping model before. So, and, and it's, it's a lovely model, but I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, listening in, some people will be going, 
So what do you mean by shaping? So, so give me an example of what that, what that means in reality, the type of conversations we'll be having with people. So we'll be looking at how someone is historically shaped and how they embody that and how that's been useful to them up to the current present and how they've been working. And then we'll be looking at what do they want to achieve now? What's their intent? What's their purpose? What's the, what are they committed to? And what do they need to bring forth in a new shape in order to deliver on that, in order to achieve that? So then we take a look and see how do they need to transform their old shape into a new shape? And what physical practices do they need to do in order to get there? So from a shaping point of view, are we talking background, experiences, culture, or, or you know what they're physically doing? It's a combination of both. So it looks at how did they grow up? Um, what was their family and social context? What were the institutions around them at the time? What decade were they living in? What geography were they living in? What was the culture? What was the political and social scene? Um, and then we'll look and see how physically they, sh they show up in terms of where they hold their breath, how they feel sensations, where they're contracted in their body, and then look and see what needs to shift, what needs to change, what needs to open up in order to embody a new state and a new way of being. So for, for the people listening, that's something actually they could start to plot out and really think about, you know, what, go back to their sort of their early childhood and think about what are those different experiences that have gone for me? Because I love the fact that you said, you know, the culture, the decade, all of that feeds in. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that you can do yourself to start to bring yourself more aware of um, what water you're swimming in, what's going on around you and how that informs the habits that you have, the behaviours and the practices that you currently have. So thinking about, you know, when people have tapped into that understanding of what shaped them and, and are looking to move towards that new shape, what type of impact can that have? If you think about the experiences of how you've seen people um, be impacted by using somatics. Um, so when I was working with a somatic coach, which was the first time I came across it uh, in one of my corporate roles, what I saw was the change that the way of working somatically affected the team members that uh, we were working with, that she was working with, in terms of shifts in the way that they showed up, the capacity they had to achieve their goals and develop relationship with others in the wider business, the key stakeholders, if you will, the ability they had to face into difficult and challenging issues and conversations, that was increased dramatically. And then as a team, the team members and the team that I was in, we were able to deepen our inquiry into the being of leadership and work so much more effectively together in a much more joined up way than we had ever before. We had loads of feedback from the teams around us that worked with us, that we were easier to work with, we had more energy and focus. And I have to say, I think we enjoyed what we did, what we did much, much more. So essentially, there was a fundamental and lasting shift in our identity and purpose as a, as a collection of individuals, as a group, as a team. And that's something that's really powerful um, and so, so useful in organisations. You know, if we're thinking about high performing teams, that piece about gelling together and that energy becomes so important. So what type of practices do you use as a coach to be able to take people on that journey with you? So the type of practices I use depend very much on where each leader is and what journey they need to go on. Um, you know, one of the fundamental practices 
to develop a somatic awareness to begin with is the centering practice. So that's something that I start with most of my coaches, most of my leaders that I work with to help them become more in tune with their bodily sensations and to start to build that awareness of who they are and how they currently show up. That's the first stage of working on understanding their current shape and how that needs to shift into a new shape. Okay, and what, what would you then move on with them? So once they've got that bit of understanding who they are and that centering piece, what's next? There are a number of other practices that you can work on. There's two-step, which is about centering in transition. There's a practice, uh, there's a sitting practice that you can do. Again, that helps people tune in to their somatic sensations. There's a rowing practice. Um, there are all sorts of uh, practices to help you work with uh, how you make offers to people, how you accept offers, how you make promises, how you decline, which is effectively the saying no practice. Um, you know, I'm aware that all of this does potentially sound a bit um, strange to describe them as rowing practices or sitting practices or offer practices. I've just got this view of people sat in chairs with oars. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's bringing many images to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I do think you need to experience somatic coaching to fully understand it. It's quite hard to describe unless you've been in a group or work one-to-one -one with someone to understand how it works. So why do you think having this understanding of somatics and really tapping into that bodily awareness is important for leaders? So firstly, I think tapping into the wisdom of the body enhances leadership in two ways. I think I see that leaders are more able to develop and cultivate their untapped leadership strengths. And then secondly, they're more able to use the information that they get from developing their somatic awareness to work out how to use those strengths in the right situations, at the right times and in the right ways. So essentially, I'd say that sense of being gives leaders access to the wisdom that's stored in their bodies and the ability to cultivate a deeper relationship with themselves and others, a deeper ability to deliver on what they want to get done. So once people have got that understanding and have been able to sort of centre and tap into that bodily awareness, what impact does that have? How is it beneficial for them? Well, I think on top of building desired leadership traits, desired leadership behaviours, somatic coaching can relieve stress, which we know a lot of leaders um, struggle with. It can boost productivity. And as I mentioned before, it enables leaders to take more effective actions in challenging situations, such as, for example, restructuring or delivering on a new corporate strategy. When a clients I've worked with, they say they're more able to execute on their commitments more effectively, better able to manage their moods, they're much more able to handle internal or external customers, deliver results in less time and increase engagement in the workplace. So essentially, what business leader wouldn't want that? Absolutely. In reality, we want that in a little jar from Boots that we can just buy, pop it in a pill and it sort of happens automatically without having to do any work. So we were obviously talking and I'm conscious that people listening might be thinking, you know, how can how can this work for me? And I know we were talking and said, you know, you, you've got some really great examples of when you've done done this with leaders and, and the effect that it's had. So do you want to tell us about that a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to share with you an example. Um, I'm currently working with someone called Simon. And when we started working together, I observed initially that his breath was shallow 
and high in his chest. And in certain conversations he would have with me, he would hold his breath, which is a sign of anxiety. His shoulders, his neck and his upper back were very tensed as well. In addition, he rarely made eye contact when I observed him speaking with his team. So we discussed that through and Simon was su surprised at the feedback I gave him. He didn't know he was enacting those kind of behaviours and asked me the question, what does my breath pattern have anything to do with my leadership skills? So through our conversations, he came to understand that the way he held himself physically produced assessments in others that he was anxious and that he didn't care about his team members. And anxiety, as you know, is one of the most infectious moods. And when he was becoming anxious, his team members were also becoming anxious and that affected their performance. So we worked on some practices that he could integrate and incorporate into his daily routine. He learned to center on a deep and rhythmic breath and release the tension in his shoulders, his neck and his back. And although, you know, he felt vulnerable to start with, um, once he got into the mode of doing it, he realized that he could actually think clearer in this way and was less tired when he was centered. You know, there was more oxygen coming to the brain and less energy being taken up, being held in the rigidity of his shoulders. So somatic coaching showed him how he could face those that he was talking to and build um, a layer of trust with them and a, a deeper layer of contact. I think it's really interesting. You know, we, we are so unaware about that tiny little piece about how we show up, you know, the speed at which we might talk or how the pitch might be affected and changing just because as you said you know it might be anxiety or rushing in from one place to the other and that the the impact that that then has on the receiver so to dial that into people's awareness is a really a really useful piece to to actually see that impact about how we're coming across yeah absolutely i think um you know, it really helps leaders build better trust between themselves and their employees and their team. And it really helps them um, work out how they're showing up and what impact that has on the other people around them and how that can either help or not help the performance that they're seeking to get people to demonstrate in the workplace. So obviously, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the impact that this can have on leaders and how that can be beneficial for both them and their teams for the impact that they're having and actually just their, their way of life and how they can feel more productive and more effective in what they're doing and less anxious about it. But how does it help you as a coach? I think it helps me in a number of ways. Um, somatic coaching considers that leadership skills and principles can be taught and embodied through the physical state. And for me, this aligns to one of the principles that is important to me in the work I do in that leadership is developable, it's an observable set of skills and abilities that we can strengthen, hone and improve when we've got the motivation to do so, the opportunity to practice and, and to receive feedback. So the first thing that it helps in a way that it helps me as a coach is that it holds true to this philosophical mindset that leaders aren't born from birth, but that it's a specific set of skills which are teachable, learnable, developable. And for me, that's a hopeful mindset. Um, there's another few other ways in which it helps me in terms of, you know, I think and I see that leadership is physically embodied by a person, by a leader in how they use their presence, their physical state, 
And it helps me as a coach explain to clients why some people, despite previous investment in coaching or going on some sort of leadership training program, haven't changed. So somatic coaching considers that people don't necessarily change because they've gained knowledge. They change because they've engaged in new practices that change who they are. You know, a, a person can participate in leadership training. They learn the theories, read case studies, watch videos of successful business leaders, complete assessment instruments. They get feedback from others about how they're perceived, but they can still be unable to build trust with their team members or listen to them. They can still be unable to be aware of their mood and how that impacts those around them. They can still be unable to deal with their emotions when they get frustrated and when things don't go according to plan. So I think it helps me explain why that might be and to help people find a way to learn in a physical way, not just to cognitively understand new information, but to support them at a deeper, more transformational level to help them make the changes that they want to seek. And then there's a couple of other ways and it helps me. There's a whole piece around resilience in all of this, which, as we know, is fundamental to being an effective coach. You know, every time I coach someone, an imprint of their energy stays with me. And the somatic practices that I do help me to process and release that energy so that I'm refreshed and ready for the next client. Um, so there's many different ways, you know, it, it, it helps me as a coach. I think there's two or three things that, that you said there that um, resonate for me. You know, that piece about we've gone on a course, but we've not changed. And, and I think there's this, there's a, there's this readiness, you know, people being willing to do that, but actually that level, that, that development of self-awareness at the start becomes so crucial and actually being willing to tap into why I'm doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, the whole reason around the podcast is thinking about how am I being because where they're not willing to do the journey unless we're actually willing to have that really accurate self-assessment of where we are. And that's the bit that people often don't engage with, which is why, as you said, nothing shifts. And also that piece about trying to not hold that energy. It reminds me of many conversations I've had with people, often in the coaching room, but who work in, in areas where they may be working with volunteers or in professions where actually it can be quite emotional. There can be a lot of empathy that's being demonstrated. And actually people take that away with them as if it's theirs. And that can be really, really draining. So, you know, the fact that that's, that enables you not to hold that is so, so useful. I think to us as coaches or anyone who sort of works in the, in, in the talking therapies or the helping professions, because actually you don't want to sit and be holding onto that. You need to still be able to show up in a good way with people the next time. So thinking about if people listening are keen to either learn more about somatics or think about how they can incorporate it into um, how they work um, and be able to develop their awareness what would you suggest so the core elements of the methodology are somatic awareness somatic opening and somatic practices which as i mentioned before occur within a social context and are informed by the nature and landscape around us so in terms of um, you know, what people can do to build this into their daily lives, I've thought about um, offering something from each of those um, three elements. The first one being from somatic awareness, which is about cultivating our awareness um, so that we've got increased choice in terms of our actions, moods, thoughts, feelings and, and way of being. 
So the first thing to do is to become aware of your sensations, which means that being aware of the temperature, the pressure, the shape and movement that you make and using those as sources of information to connect in with the self. So, you know, the first thing which I mentioned before is about centering and that's learning to balance yourself along the dimensions of length, width and depth and an organizing principle. So developing your ability to drop into your body, to tune in, to notice these sensations, the way your breath shows up, your shape, your qualities, the narratives that you're holding and your moods. So it's a practice of scanning your body and becoming alive to the present moment and learning how to train your attention. Um, you know, there's videos on YouTube or you can engage a somatic coach to walk you through the process so that you can learn it well. And then you've got somatic opening. So this is the undoing, the disassembling, the disorganizing or deconstructing of your historically embodied shape so that a new shape can come to life. Um, and one of the most direct and effective ways to do this is to engage in a process of bodywork whereby the coachee or the leader lies on a mat on the floor and the coach assists him or her in the process of opening by working on various pressure points on the body. So you can find yourself a body worker that can support you through this process. And that would be the second thing that I would suggest. And then finally, under somatic practices, these are practices that enable us to embody new skills, new competencies and new ways of being that are relevant to the commitments that we hold and the vision we have of our life. Um, one of the things that I think you can do that all of my coaches have done is develop a, a clear declared purpose or vision that you want to move towards. So I've got a few questions that will help people do that. The first thing to be aware of is what practices are you presently doing to develop yourself? What practices are you engaged in that you've inherited from your family or broader culture that have become habituated and unconscious? Are the practices that you're currently doing in alignment with your values? What are the new practices that you need to fulfill on the vision that you have? And who can be a good partner that will encourage you on your journey of leadership cultivation and help you stay in your practices? So that's what I would consider that would be a good place to start if you're thinking of setting out on this journey. Fantastic. Thanks, Joe. And, you know, I'm, there's going to be, for those of you who are listening, there's going to be details of those questions, but also um, the key of the three practices around awareness, opening and practices um, on the show notes, which accompany the podcast. So, Joe, thank you for joining us today to go into that, the bit more depth and understanding around somatics and that piece about how we can link body awareness into being. It's been fascinating for me to learn more about it. So thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. So I'm Annabelle Graham and I've been in conversation with Joe Manton. Um, join us next month for more conversations about how you can tune into why you do what you do and be more become more effective in how you work and in your life. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.